You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm Tana Ford here at New York City Comic Con with these lovely gentlemen. And later, I'm going to be drinking Basil Hayden's Dark Ride. Crazy acoustics, right? That's beautiful. I don't have the headphones on, so that could have sounded like trash. I'll never know. Sounded good to my ears. I'd say it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. well, it always is. It's just not perfect. No, but I know. I mean, I can for the machine. I can tell. I usually will tell when. Right. Right. Oh, we're good. That was awesome. That was something. Still healing from the initial wounds that the comments earlier about Superman. How about him? Is it? Who really is? It's Jason's winning the role. I'll just leave it in it. That's uh, right. No, I'm we a are background player. characters in your story. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm a but walk you, on. But, uh, but we're background characters in your story. And you, like, I know. Yeah. And we are in your home. Okay. So You don't take second billing to anyone. That's so. not true. It's very true. I that stand, is why. I stand behind and to the right of my wife. Yep. Probably. Oh, yep. and rightly so. That's right. Yeah. Hey everybody, if it sounds different, that's because it is different. This is a special episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. We have uh, taken great steps to gather together at Jason's home because tomorrow is New York Comic Con 2021. Back again. So uh, just uh, listener beware, our typical sound setup is very different from this. This may be a little more air, a little more echo, maybe more resonant. I don't know. But uh, be that as it may, it's just different. So this is atypical because it's an atypical occasion. Yes, We're going to con tomorrow after what? Two years? Two years, man. It's crazy. 2019 was our last con. Yeah. But this is 11 o'clock comics, episode 763, lest I forget, right? And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. Welcome to my home, and I am Professor J.T. Meinhart. He's reading notes. This is an insight for me. I thought he was off the cuff all the time. I usually am. No, I'm just... I, He's reading notes. I didn't need this notes the for my... best ever. I didn't, you I didn't need not, notes for my name. No, he means I do. Oh, well, yeah. 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 You're not Professor J.T. Reinhardt. Oh, See, so I remember. Meinhart. Meinhart. off the cuff. Feinhart. Written, you're not. You're Jason. Woo, everybody. And we're all together to remind you, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door. There's only one place to go, and that's where? Discount Comic Service. Can't whisper. DCBService.com. Discount Comic Book Service. face with the DCB. He's he's ridiculous. DCBService.com. One more time. For those of you listening at home, DCBService.com, where you get your books, get them fast, get a little, at a discount that no one else gets. Everybody, on your knees, because the list of specials has recently been posted, and I have selected three. Mm, okay. Yes. Number one is from Vault Comics. Of course it is. Yes. This is a little book called We Ride Titans, written by Trey Dean, art by Sebastian Piri. Listen to the pitch on this. Tell me if you're not going to order it. You'd be crazy not to. Okay. Kaiju hit hard. Family hits harder. Trying to keep your family from imploding is a tall order. 
Kit Hobbs is about to find out it's an even taller order when that family has been piloting the Titan that protects New Hyperion from Kaiju for generations. Between a spiraling brother, a powder keg of a father, and a whole bunch of 20-story monsters, she's got her work cut out for her. What? It's like Pacific Rim in the Vault universe. Of sorts, Crazy. It is crazy. And the cover price on this is $3.99. You're laughing because you're smart. DCBService.com is going to bring it to you for $1.99. 50%? That's exactly. Um, if you buy one thing this month, if you take my advice, our advice, and only order one single issue this month, you're going to want to order this. It's from Scout Comics. Wow. It's called The Cult of Icarus, All number facts. one. Yep. Written by Jenna Lynn Wright. With art by some schlub named Carl Slominski. And I'm being facetious. Carl is amazing. <laughs> Here's the pitch. Tossed out. <coughs> wow. Whoa. Lost a lung? Yeah. I'm going to take that out. Okay. Here's the pitch. Tossed out by her foster family after one too many rides home in the back of a cop car. Hunter packs up and sets out on a mission to find out who she is. A mysterious book, her only link to her parents, leads her to discover a covert world of magic and danger running parallel to our own. One punk rock show, two whiskeys, and three vicious vampire assassins later, Hunter's on the run from the ancient deadly cult of Icarus. Hunter came looking for answers. What will become of her once she gets them? It's a mystery. It's a good pitch. And the cover price on this bad boy is three ninety nine. Typical. But you can have it for forty percent off. Two dollars thirty nine cents. It's worth it. We read the first issue. We did. It's really good. Carl's awesome. Come on. Oh, I man. love the style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love the dude. Last but certainly not least. From Seven Seas. It's the Common Rider Classic Manga Collection hardcover. Did you not know I was going to put this in there? The original run of the legendary Common Rider manga, now in English as a special 50th anniversary omnibus. Fans the world over have long been enthralled by the tales of Common Rider, the masked motorcycle riding superhero who protects the world from injustice. Kidnapped and experimented upon by the evil terrorist organization known as Shocker. No relation to Palpoika. Hmm. Hango Takashi manages to escape their clutches and use his newfound strength to fight against their schemes. These are his very first adventures, drawn and written by series creator and manga superstar Shotaro Ishinomori. The beginning of a legacy that spawns dozens of television series and films. Commemorating the 50th anniversary of Common Rider's original 1971 publication, this beautiful hardcover edition contains the first Common Rider manga series plus special bonus materials, and this is what got me, full-color inserts. Yes, sir. Shut up. Now, the cover price on this thing is $32.99. But you're going to get it for 30% off. You are going to pay $23.09. Not going to find it cheaper than that. DCBService.com does not mind late orders and order additions. I made one recently myself. And they said, no problem. Put it on my order. And you get your books delivered right to the door. Ding dong. By the delivery person of their choice. 
Flawless. DCBService.com. Just go there. Respect. Yeah. Catch up. Slackers. <laughs> oh, it's my bedtime. That's hilarious. I never follow it. I just put that on there because that's what Apple Health or whatever tells me oh, I should wow. be going Yeah, so you can get your six and a half hours because yeah. you're up at fucking three in the morning. Yeah. So cool. Oh, this is really special because we're all drinking something. Jason and David have uh, provided us. No, who's David? Who's David's gift? This is a year's. Oh, that is, yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. filling my gullet with gotcha, stuff. Gotcha. Um, I'm drinking two fists in it. Number one, it's uh, Magic Hat. Number nine, not quite pale ale. And then David steps up to the plate and provided some Shinga, original Thai beer from Bangkok. I cannot wait. What's the alcohol content on this? Five percent. That's not. But it's sixteen ounces. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And Jack got me a Maku M A K K U passion fruit. Korean rice beer. How is it? It's pretty bad. It's rough. You ungrateful dick. Just saying. <laughs> it's, uh, it tastes sort of like if you juice the plum into uh, rubbing alcohol. I kind of like the sound of that. Well, you'll have one after. Oh, sweet. I mean, yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's more. You can have them. Yeah. I really need to unwind this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, we will. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I had... What wine was this? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it was a Noble something? Elvis. Um, no, it was it was a red wine that Jason poured for me while we had dinner. Um, but like Vince, I am also having the uh, Singa. Original Is it Singa? Thai beer. Yeah, S-I-N. Yeah, I'd say Singa. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like a little... I love the Singa. I love the Mona. I love the Juno. So it's the eve of New York Comic Con. Yeah, what you got planned? What kind of commissions you got lined up? Who are you going to oh, say? Oh, tons. Going to all the panels? I had to make, I had to extend the rows of my Excel spreadsheet in order to fit them all. It was nuts. Because I'm working on it, right? And I have my notes, right? So I figured, let's organize my thoughts into the only form. Gotta do it. Made for organizing thoughts, which is the Excel spreadsheet. Yes. I'm going down. I got to like, what is it? When the... Rows start to fall off the page. 26? <laughs> yeah, it's way more than that, but yeah. Okay, depending on the size of your screen. Right. But I got to a certain point. I had a scroll. I'm like, whoa, I got a lot of stuff lined up, don't I? I'm a player. You are a player. I have zero commissions. Baller. Dude, I did not. I recorded a little bit on my ride over. Me too. Uh, so I didn't upload it yet, but um, should I upload it or should I send it to you for bonus? Mm, that's a very good question. All right, well, we'll discuss it later. I didn't upload it. To the to, to the to the Patreon. We did we did promise them a plethora of right. so, so yeah, right. let's just upload it to the um, But I I mentioned that I don't I don't have my portfolio. I, I have no idea who the hell's gonna be here this weekend, but He would be naked without his portfolio. Well the thing is I I wasn't the plan was not to you know see who's gonna fill in a Grendel Square or one of my other unfinished jams. I, I don't the only stress I wanted to feel was the drive here and the drive home. Other than that, I want nothing this weekend. See, I'm not stressed on the drive home. I don't give a shit if it takes 12 hours. The drive here is very stressful. I care if, if, if something gets fucked up on the way down the Bear Mountain. But on the Palisades, I'm fine. 
Palsy don't care about. The only thing I cared about today was getting here in one piece to deliver the packages to mm, you. The packages. Yeah. Love the and package. to to just chill. Like I was stressing over it all day. And then the fog and the traffic. It, it didn't make for a pleasant journey. Mm. Well, yeah, that's where I didn't know. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm starting to feel that too. I never but like I noticed now even if I'm in the passenger seat, I'm thinking like, man, it's hard to see a little bit. Like with the glare. Yeah. And it's not a detail thing. I'm my eyes are still sharp as a, I I can make mm. out excruciating detail. It's just the 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 light or lack thereof. Yeah. But that's old man talk, and we're not here to do that. We're here to talk about comics. Yes. David said he doesn't have any commissions lined up. No. Which segs into how many you got lined up? Uh, two. What? Listen, this isn't your mom and dad's New York Comic Con. True. This is a, a you know an artist alley that's going to feature a lot of people that normally wouldn't uh, be invited. And, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just not a, it's not a target rich environment, as they say. But it is a good time for exploration. It is. I mean, you know, I have a ritual of going through all of Artist Alley's names and checking them out. And I mean, there's just a lot of people that I didn't necessarily like vibe with their stuff enough that I wanted to take a leap. So we'll have to see. I'll make a prediction. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find at least one or two. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that you so. will be big enough on an, on another episode. I mean, but the nice thing is, is that you know, normally the con, as you guys know, I'm I have the spreadsheet and I'm hustling and it's like a nonstop. Got to get here, got to get there, got to make sure I'm on the list, got to check on their progress. And I mean, it'll be interesting to be the con where I don't have that weighing over my head. I mean, the two that I, I commissioned in advance are done. I just have to go pick them up and. So, yeah, I have no agenda, which is very unusual. Nice. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Chill. We'll Chill. kick back. Yeah. We'll see. Hit a nice restaurant, maybe have some, some libations. Oh, libations? Get turnt. Okay. We going back? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. How's it still open? The world's our oyster. We have no... It's true. We have no, no agenda. But it's good. Yeah. Because we're usually I mean, I'm at a frenetic pace. Yeah, I'm curious. Company. I mean... New York, Reed's been clear that it's going to be a reduced capacity, but they haven't said what that is. You know, is it is it eighty thousand? Is it fifty? Is it ten? We don't know. Three, and their cousins. Who yeah, knows? I have no idea, right? I mean, I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, they're really pushing the virtual con aspect hard. Um, yeah, Funko. That's all they're doing. They're calling it virtual. Yeah, I mean, the number of of big companies that aren't participating is staggering. I mean. Mm-hmm. No Marvel, no DC. None of the none of the I mean none of the major publishers are there. And like you said, no Funko. So, um, but like companies like Sideshow and stuff, they'll still be there. And Bandai, I'm saying like so those companies. Will oh, be we can get some Gundam. You know, um, I assume all the all the OA vendors will be there. You know, I assume all the LCS guys will be there trying to. Let's hope. So you can bin dive to your heart's content. That's right. Which you took offense to. No. Early, earlier today. No, I just took offense to you assuming I wouldn't look for things for you. Well, when was I, the last time your fingers tipped into a box? I know, but, but if this I don't is, have 50, 50 commissions, I'm hustling again. That's what I, I mean, which, so is, why, which is, is why I scaled back, because I was like, yes, I, yes. He would never, it would have to be, listen, I've got, I'm just waiting on a couple more pieces and I'm done for the weekend, and then he comes over to the boxes with us. 
But for the most part, or you know, he's watching his watch. He's like, all right, well, you know, it's, yeah. I'm going to go pick up my All right, right, right. It's cool. It's cool. We going? But what? yeah. We just started. Right. But, <laughs> but I, 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 I gave him some leeway for this weekend because there isn't a lot going on. It's an atypical weekend. Yeah, it would be nice to see him. Probably will done. be. Even if it's just another set of eyes. Right. Yeah. Pushing the disabled women out of the way again. That was hilarious. I didn't know she was disabled. <laughs> Burning hell, <laughs> Not for that. There's other things he's burning hell for. So, so just to paint the rest of the picture, uh, today in the Slack, I told Dap I had a, a, an inspiration. I said, if we're when we're bin diving, if you see any issues of cracked, especially the monster themed ones, let me know. And Jason goes, "What did he exactly I'll say?" Just, I'll ignore him if I find him. Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just ignore him if I find him. Like meaning that while I'm traipsing through the back issue bins, which he's you all know he's not very likely to do that but it's going to be cool to see you do it this year my wife has a lot of cracked issues who my wife no yeah she 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 collected cracked and mad back in the day what's back in the day oh no like early 80s nothing okay yeah yeah I want 70s yeah or 80s is fine I I'm, I draw the I, I don't draw the line at all with crack if John Severin's in it, mm. but there's a tipping point for the humor. Like once The Simpsons came out, I think crack mm. yeah. went south a little. But I'll buy anything Severin. So so what's what's on your to do list? Mine. Yeah. What are you looking for? We're just going to traipse around and just yeah. where any way the wind blows. I so Dabby's got to find a present for Renee. True. Some, yeah, somewhere. Um, I hit up our boy Chris, formerly of Titan, now with Eagle Moss. Um, I pinged him to find out if Titan, if Eagle Moss was going to have a presence. Um, I doubt it. I doubt it, too. So, um, But I, I, I hadn't heard back yet. But, um, yeah, no, I've got... I have nothing on the agenda. It really is just whichever way... If something catches my eye, I figure, you know, we'll still... Maybe go through the statues or whatever. I, sh- I, I shared the uh, the studio, the XM Studios, the the their, their Godzillas, um, and uh, along with uh, what the hell? Oh, and, and the Z two stuff. Like Anthrax is going to be there Saturday. Fucking Anthrax. We I might stop believe. by to see if we can see Anthrax or Chuck D on Saturday. Uh, That'd be great. That would be great. It's not I, necessary to see the panel, but you know, at least uh, yeah, it's not necessary, but it's great. Yes. Imagine walking through the aisles and go, like, you're, you're walking behind Anthrax, and it's like, holy fuck, it's Anthrax. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. I wouldn't, no. I mean, I would I, Oh, you'll I mean, know when we, Jeff and I are going to get well, all giddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hit up Charlie, ask him if he remembers, you know, when I rung him up when, we worked, when I worked at CBS, which I doubt. You but, rang up Charlie Benante? No kidding. Bought a pack of cigarettes. That's how long sure, ago it was. Sure, very memorable one. Totally. Wow. Um, but no, yeah, there's, there's absolutely nothing. I, like, I told the patrons on the um on my drive over that uh i didn't even bring my portfolio so whatever jams or whatever you know i'm not i'm not planning on anything if you know we find things in the back issue bins i'm honestly i don't even i'm not even concerned with how much time we're going to be on the con floor or in the javits center like i'm just i just i'm happy the weekend's here yeah it's gonna be nice to to thumb through back issue it'll be great to actually walk through aisles without Feeling hurting right. and, and people I don't mind stopping that too much. for, but 
it can be annoying. It, it, I don't mind it at the start, but it can definitely be annoying as the day goes on. You're like, all right, come on, we just, you know, I just want to get there. Remember that one year where Jason had to get to the kids, and we were at the one. Remember the. Oh, weird. We were at the one end, and you had to get to the other end. I think it took like an hour. Oh, it's stupid. To yeah, get yeah, from yeah, yeah. one side. All the way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And I don't even think we stopped and looked for anything. It was just, right. we were just walking. No, we were just trying to get through. Yeah. I mean, I think this would be a big, big weekend for me for published pages, because I think there'll be a lot of published pages there, and there'll be many artists doing commissions. So what are you looking for? Cadence Committee? Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I mean, just, just, just know, just, you know, see what's... What's doing? Yeah, man, it's so chill this year. Very chill. Yeah, it's, it's different. Weird. But it's good to get a prime, a prime our pump before our uh, our big Seattle trip, which I think will be a much more normal con. Yeah, or at least it should be. Yeah, with the travel, which travel it'll be a normal con, but it'll feel weird for us because we'll be on the West Coast. West the Coast novelty West factor Coast, right? is going to be That's huge. Right What's going to be huge? The novelty. Oh, so huge! Because it's all it's all new. We've oh never... yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, it's uh, Washington State, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get to hang with my cousin a little bit? Sure, that's what I meant. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the comics while we're here. Sure. What you got? What you got? Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to talk about? What you got? You got a stack. Jason's got a stack. We have visual aids on Jason's uh, end there. I have uh, our encounters with evil. Which is the latest? Uh, I know Vince is a fan of this little series of books. It's uh, yep. JT Meinhardt is the professor and his assistant, Mister Knox, uh, and it's the latest volume of their adventures, written by Mignola, with art by Warwick Johnson Cadwell, who uh, is uh, part of the Inky Knuckles crew. Oh, nice! And just did an awesome. Uh, well, last year he did an awesome Moby Dick for me. But uh, no, this is a, this is a fun stuff. I mean, they're like a they're like a. They're like a cross between Inspector Clouseau and Sherlock and Watson, you know. Like, they're uh, they're monster hunters, basically. They're a little bit bumbling, but they're still effective, right? Like, they find a way to get the job done, even though they kind of stumble into it. Uh, and in this case, they are uh, journeying to, um, to fight a uh, very, very old vampire who um, has a history of basically... Becoming super rich, living his best life, squandering his fortune away, disappearing, and then coming back and doing it over and over again. And they stumble upon his hunting castle um, and uh, are trying to uh, destroy him. But it's interesting because when they show up, the whole town are vampires. But they're vampires that are, uh, it turns out, are not his minions, but are actually his captors. And it goes through the very long and arduous process they had to capture this dude and basically disable him. Um, and it's just great. I mean, I think Jonathan Cadwell is, you know, there's a certain aesthetic to Mignola's uh, artistic partners, but Cadwell has a really distinct look, like super angular, super long limbs, really, really hard, cartoony. And I think it works really well when he's doing things like vampires and monsters. Uh, and I think it's terrific. I, I just think I, I love these books. I, as we've talked about many times, I'm so far behind with BPRD and Hellboy that uh, anytime Mignola puts out a non BPRD Hellboy book, I very much get into it. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah. Right. And when you say uh, Mignola's collaborators, it's very much curated. Yeah. Yeah. He has a. For sure. He has a. There's a definite look. 
that he wants his universe to uh, oh yeah take on, and so he he uh, cherry picks. And I, I don't blame him. I'd love to know how much Dave Stewart makes coloring all these. <laughs> well, it's a name now, right? Yeah, he's the Stewart is almost a process. So yeah, well, I think whole, it's earned. It's there's a, there's a whole I forget where I heard this, but I heard a couple years ago about how Stewart created an entire Mignola palette. Like there's a Mignolaverse palette. Yeah, I believe it. For the, yeah. Of course, because you want yeah. consistency. Yeah. And I mean, and whether I mean it might look a little different if like I know Ryan Sook illustrated some early Hellboy universe stories and. His style is a little different than Boz or Moons or even Cadwell's. Yeah, or like Tyler. So, I mean, if you think about like Tyler Crook or like Stephen Green, they're all very different. Yeah. Uh, cartoonists, but well, look at James Heron. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to see, I mean, you know, if you get Heron, who's you know colored by Jordi Belair compared to Stewart, or you know, it's I I I love the fact that Stewart's colors are as important to the Mignola universe yeah. as it is as someone's line when they're drawing Mignola's the story. Mignola's so smart, man. Like, not only does he have great taste in his creator and who he picks to be collaborators, but, you know, he, like, with this book, too, I mean, it's got a Mignola cover. Like, he's always, he's, he usually does the cover. So, like, it, like the books look and feel the same, even yeah. though the interior art is different. And it's just, he really does put a tremendous amount of thought into making all of his books feel like one whole thing. And that's, uh, you know, I really see the other guy I can think of that does it, and he probably got it in part because he was modeling after me is, is Lemire you know Lemire does the same kind of thing but like it's that's a hard thing to pull off man yeah but the the Lemire universe is more like a like a brainscape of Jeff Lemire there's no consistency there the, I'm just talking about like the Black Hammer stuff right yeah. oh yeah, okay yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I totally missed on that. You're right. No, but I should have been more specific. But yeah, I mean, like the black hammer, you know, it's got the same, same trade dress, the same, same colorist. Like it's all, like it's all very much, I think, designed the same way that Vignola did. Like, I've never read past the first volume. Baffles me. I know, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe if we see the the collected editions hardcovers at the show, sure, I'll, I'll scoop five them. Of them though. Five, five Are five you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm way behind. Yeah. Well, when we had one, I think what I counted was like ninety some issues. Man. Yeah, I, I I think I am missing one or two, not of the main series. You get them singles, the, the offshoots. Yeah, I've always yeah, I've been, I've got you know, I and they're they're unread. Sadly, I'm just I'm I'm you know I need the time, but there's anything anything Black Hammer, even Black Hammer Visions, but it doesn't matter if it's related to Black Hammer. So whether it's you know. Any of the any of the offshoots, the unteens, like I'm, I'm getting them. I okay. I have them. I believe I am missing one or two issues. Um, but yeah, I. That's cool. I I, I got to support the guy. It's 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 great. I love the fact that. Plus, I mean, you know, Black Hammer. The that that whole concept is basically the Justice League. So yeah. it's I. You know, you're you're speaking my language. If you're going to take something like that and and modify it or make it your own, then you've kind of that, that that's you've you've got me now. Now you just got to make sure you keep me. And Jeff has no problem keeping. There's me. this weird right. thing too about what Jeff does with Black Hammer because you know imitation, sincere form, flattery, and all that. And I w- I've often thought like, well, why is it that Jeff can basically take analogs of these characters and make them his own, and it works and doesn't get criticism for it. 
And I've concluded, I could be wrong here, but this is, I've decided that he gets away with it for two reasons. One, because he's good at it. Like, these stories are good, right? Mm-hmm. So quality, obviously, it goes a long way in, in, in getting people to forgive mimicry. But the other thing, too, is that these characters are also steeped in mimicry, right? Like, they're, like, the big, like big two superhero comics have been done, like, we're used to them being reinterpreted and reused. And and reimagined by different writers and artists all the time. So it doesn't feel... Like, it's not like he took something that was a, you know... It feels different than, say, if someone redid Watchmen, you know, where you've got 12 issues of one singular pair of voices, right, that uh, that you just don't want to see touched. So using analogs of characters that have had 80 years of story just doesn't quite feel like mimicry in, in, in the same sense that, like, taking something that's a little bit more de novo would. So when he pulls it off, man, you know? And I think back to that first time he was on our show, like 10, 11 years ago, and he was just starting to do some stuff for DC, and there was still, at the point, like, people were surprised, like, oh, wow, Jeff, Jeff Lemire's doing, like, superhero comics, you know? And then he, well, I'm sure he'd said it other places, too, not just our show, but on our show, right, he was, like, you know, kind of nerding out about how much he loves superhero comics and Bronze Age comics and how it would, you know, it was always a dream to write those characters and, and I think he's definitely proven to be a steward of those characters and like they're at least the essence of them, right? So it's pretty neat. It's neat stuff. And I love that DC was cool with it, right? Like they let yeah. the Justice League tie-in book. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, but like you could see them being like, dude, you're selling all these books that are analogs of us, you know? Dab's playing with his tripod. Kind of. Don't be jealous. Oh, you're not. You're not gonna take pictures, are you? I won't now. You know, go ahead. I can't stop you from being you. <laughs> who, who the hell am I? The patrons want to see us. All right, well, let them see us. Shit. I have a segue. You better do you now. Yes, and it's based upon Dap's comment that he buys Black Hammer in single issues because it's a unique feel, and it, for one reason, you don't want to wait for the trade. But there's something about those single issues that compels you to buy it in that format. Well, I didn't know this because um, while Jason talked this book up when it came out... Oh, I'm so proud of both of you. I saw your list. Yeah. It's on your list too, right? Did I imagine that? Yes. No, it's on his list. Um, I slept on this book. I didn't. Okay. But I did a little bit of research after the fact... And um, I held the single issues, the single oversized issues, in my hand. And I compared the art, especially the coloring, to the digital version. Yeah. There is absolutely no comparison. There's something really special with the way the ink, like, kisses the paper on the single issues. It makes it this unique art object where there's somewhat of that in the digital, but... Um, I don't know what kind of paper stock TKO uses, but whatever it is, it's just thirsty enough yeah. to take that that ink and do something really special with it. And um, the color quality on the digital version is nowhere near as beautiful as it is on the single issues. And I read, and I realized that this is like congratulating someone on the birth of their child when the kid enters yeah, preschool. College? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I read Sentient. Yes, yes we did. By, uh, David did too. By Jeff Lemire, illustrated by Gabriel Walta. I guess the middle name has now been dropped? Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. Know. I don't know why. Uh, and, I mean, we all read The Vision, right? Yeah. Which, which 
when it came out was considered Walta at the peak of his prowess. Mm-hmm. I think Sentient is head and shoulders above the vision. Wow, that's it's they're both excellent beautiful works of art, but there's something about the desolation in space and the repetitive color palette, the the blues and the orange and then Later on in the story, you get the invader and things turn to red. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's very conceptual use of color in this book that I love. Uh, so, I mean, I know Jason ran it down. Maybe we should reiterate the the pertinent plot details for those Absolutely. who haven't listened to that episode. Um, it's a six-issue miniseries. It takes place entirely in space. And it focuses on a vessel named the USS Montgomery. Uh, this spaceship is infused with an artificial intelligence named Valerie. And the ship is heading towards an Earth colony, which has been established on a distant planet. See, Earth is in dire straits. A uh, planet has maybe 10 years of ha- habitability left. Uh, to make matters worse... Uh, current events mirrored in creative fiction, uh, the surviving humans are struggling to coexist. There exists a radical group of separatists, which are mm. seeking to undermine uh, the EarthGov's efforts to populate this new colony world. Uh, both Earth and the colony planet have had violent separatist incidents. So you got this massive um, spaceship, the Montgomery, which is surprisingly not populated with a whole bunch of people. Right. No, There's what? About the Enterprise. Valerie's maybe, still under control, man. Maybe 33, yeah. 34 people on this, on this ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ship is about to enter a very dangerous and unpredictable phase of their journey. They're, they're going to pass through um, an area called the Black Zone. Which is um, a radioactive uh, a radiation belt that uh, is so vast that it takes a year for the ship to parse this sec- sector of space. But while they're in the black zone, zero communication with Mother Earth. Nothing gets in. Nothing gets out. Right. And uh, the Montgomery is a booster ship. These are all people, families designed to bolster the population of this colony world. And unfortunately, the majority of the crew will never see the colony because uh, among the crew of the Montgomery was a separatist, mm-hmm. a saboteur, a spy. And uh, her name's Jill, Jill Kruger. And uh, she, <laughs> she sabotaged uh, Valerie overrode her programming, and killed all of the adults aboard the Montgomery. Now, I'm going to leave it to you uh, to experience exactly how she did that. I don't want to ruin that little uh, unfortunate scenario. But eventually, Valerie's programming is righted. The Separatist saboteur is eventually killed, which leaves the ship populated by the children of the deceased. And none of them, correct me if I'm wrong, are older than 12 years of age. Yeah, Lily is the oldest. And it was her birthday when, yeah, we, when the so issue starts. Yeah. 
I mean, so she's what, 11, 12 years old? Yeah, yeah, she's not uh, a teen. Dab is, of course, uh, talking about a, a child named Lily Wu, who uh, is overjoyed that today's her birthday and mom's got to go to work and she needs to go to the, the, uh, the quote, daycare center aboard the, there is no night and day in space, but she goes to the, the, the center and there is a, a woman there that tends to the children while the adults do their job. And when the, the uh, poop hit the fan, the attendant and Lily's mom were killed. And all of the children on board, directed by Lily, Lily's the ringleader in this uh, instance, um, they all despise and loathe young Isaac Kruger. So he was Jill's son. Yeah. And so they blame Simply him, like, this is your mom who did this. Yeah. You you idiot, and, and you're responsible because it was your mom. Couldn't be farther from the truth. But Isaac is is very smart, uh, unfortunately resented by the other children for being the spawn of the monster that killed their parents. And so now what does one artificial intelligence do when its support system, its its organic support system, is gone? Well, it, it teaches the secondary support system, which is the children, how to do the important maintenance tasks, uh, the stuff that's required for her to successfully carry these beings across the stars to their new home. And shit goes south, unfortunately, when Isaac intercepts an SOS emanating from a refueling station. (laughs) Valerie knows what's up. And passes it off as uh, inconsequential. Just ignore it. We don't need to find out what the deal is. Let's just keep going, children. Let's refuel and continue our journey. Uh, But Lily ignores her. Because Lily's headstrong and um, somewhat confident for a child. But she's really just acting on impulse because she's frustrated that mom is dead and she just wants to have a purpose like her entire status quo is destroyed in one incident so she's she's as lost as everybody else on the ship and she needs a she needs something to to shoot for right so she heads out into the this uh refueling station in in search of the source of the signal and, and very, very bad things happen. And I'm not going to embellish further, save to say that uh, Valerie isn't the only artificial intelligence at play <laughs> in this, this mm-hmm. new scenario. I was captivated from the first panel. I think uh, the, the faux watercolor um, arts style was at once surprising because more often than not when you see when you encounter stories like this set in space a uh, less defined style like watercolor doesn't usually come into play it's more determined and rigid and and there there's a, a very um technological edge to the coloring like a process look because they're in space right i mean it's not alien but you know what i mean but this is is there's an organic undercurrent to all of this art 
that was very surprising because most of the things in this book, save for the organics that are the children, are machines. Right. Right? So I thought it was a really neat take on illustrating a story with a surrogate mother that's made out of plastic and steel and hydraulics and, and wires in a way that makes you think that it's somewhat grown in a sense because of the shading techniques and the line work like uh, in the coloring Walter will go in and say if it's a base of orange he'll go in with like a like a creamsicle color with just line work it's yeah. crazy beautiful like did you, did you feel the same way I last year I ordered the collection of this and pound for pound because TKO was offering a deal um this the buy one get one so they, they were offering a special plus they would also um give a shout out or give the um they were benefit it was a benefit for comic shops so oh, when when I placed my order uh um, is there a pandemic yes okay uh they also um I don't know if it was the profits or, the, but whatever it was, they gave something to the rift with my purchase. Oh, that's so nice. I, as soon as, and and these are one of the things that this is what I appreciate about YouTube. But this is what I, this is one thing I love about the show is that I'll have something sitting on my shelf for months, and it'll sit there unread, and I'm like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I know I'm going to read it. I don't have a set time. I'm not. It's 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 on the pile. This 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 particular book was on the bottom shelf of one of the bookcases and of, of things that still have to be read. And as soon as I saw, as soon as you said you were reading it, I was like, oh, "That's the perfect fucking time." Mini book of the month. So I'm like, so I pulled it off the shelf and I read it. Started it one night, finished it the next day, and yeah, no, I. It's one of those things where you know you're kicking yourself for like, why didn't you just read it when it fucking came in? Right? Because it wasn't. It I was, was reading it saying I should have listened to Jason. Uh huh. I uh, mean, it's and and it's not like and then I compared it to I flipped through pound for pound and and that is more wordy, that's a little bit denser. So I have it. I have it off to the side. I'll read it one after the weekend. But yeah, I I absolutely loved it. it it's it's not a quick read, but it's fast paced. Mm. There, there are things that happen no, in it it's, it's, where. And and, and and it's a disservice if you read it quickly. If you just thumb through it and you're like, oh, you just read the words as you, you know, Valerie's talking and then Lil's talking. If you just read what's going on and you, and you just focus on the action, you're going to lose a lot. You really do have to kind of... It's not wordy, though. It's not. But it's the not. art was definitely yes. a speed bump for me. Oh, yeah, no. I just And I just looked the, at the it. The look was, in the kid's eyes, that one sequence, when Valerie's disposing of the parents' bodies yeah. and the kids are all standing around like, touching their dead parents like that was heartbreaking right and there is and there's a couple of pages where it's like no don't let them see the parents no let's uh, no i want to see it okay well you know so i mean and that's that's closure that's grieving yes i would have i would have felt some kind of way if if valerie was just like no i'm shunting them out the airlock and you know it give the kid because this is a difficult situation for these children yeah. this isn't something uh, that they yeah. were expecting I don't. It, it might be uncomfortable to see them and say goodbye, but I would. And Valerie's a machine, so she doesn't understand this. But I would. It would be painful if you know, in three, four, five years, the youngest child was like, 
I wish I got to save it by the mom. Mm-hmm. It's like, so whether they understand what's going on in the moment or not, at least they got that closure. Right. Yeah. And, and Jeff took the time to actually, you know, kind of have the pros and cons with that. But it was, it was, it was so well done. I, I you know, there, there were moments where, you know, I was, I was completely hooked in because I didn't know who to believe. I didn't know who to trust towards the end of the book. And I'm like, you know, I don't know who's really got the, and, and I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just really, really glad I got to read it. I, right. I, I'm glad but it exists. There's a very curious dichotomy in the beginning of the book. And Jeff takes great pains in juxtaposing the happy, nurturing, loving relationship between Lily and her mother yeah. against the cold, <laughs> very distant relationship between Isaac and his mother. Yeah. And you would think that because of her upbringing, Lily would be the one that's more receptive, but she's not. She's not. It's Isaac. Isaac saves the... Well, okay. Isaac does very important things in the series. Mm -hmm. And yet he was the one with the not-so-great upbringing. Mm -hmm. Right. He, He transcended his nurture and revealed that he was a very compassionate thinking soul regardless of the way mom treated him because she's very just like get up let's go yeah don't but leave think, the room don't open the door we also see ya that day because that's the day it happened so i'm not entirely sure if that's the way kruger behaves if that's who she is 24-7. That's how that we was thought, that, so it is. The, right. right. That, that's what we have. But, or she could have been that. That could have been her that day because it was a very important day for her because of what she was about to do. You're embellishing. I am. Yeah. I am. Which is cool. But, and fun. But it's also... But but it just... it, it Lily is is the heart. She's it's, it's the emotion. It's like, you know, I know what we have to do. Right. But you still... She, she's blaming poor dude. You, your mom took my mom away. Mm. I don't think Lily's the heart. I think Isaac's the heart. Well, no, we eventually. But but Lily's reaction Lily emotion. She fucked up. All signs pointed to do not follow this signal. You don't know. It's unknown. It's a, right. It's you're you're chasing the X. You have no idea what's on that other. Right. Thing. And she did it anyway. She did. She put the whole crew in danger. Yeah. She's emotional. Just because. She's, yeah. She's. She's, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that belies the the um, love and nurturing of her upbringing. Like she was raised in a very, very different way than Isaac. Like yeah. Isaac should have been like, if he followed the programming set by his mother, if that was all she was. He'd be like, fuck this, let's get the ship out of here, leave her here, we're out, we're, we're gone. Yeah, no, you're right. But he you're doesn't, right. no, he, he went doesn't. after you're her. You're right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I got to give credit where it's due, I never would have read this. I didn't own it. It was sent to me by Austin Ellis. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Shout out to Austin. Damn, yeah. He's a good and dude. not only, it wasn't the collection, collected edition, it was the slipcase, the six issues. Nice. Nice. That's great. Okay, that's good shit. And he, the, I want to get that, um, the one Jason talked about, the Dr. Wu. I want to get that. Mm-hmm. 
The the banks was good too. That yeah. was um, Roxanne Gay. Yeah, Brian Clark sent that to me. But, I mean, I went to their the site wall. after I read this, and like they've blossomed. They have a ton of stuff. There was one. I mean, they had a sale last year where they were like, "Oh, you know, get all four of our next phase." And but one of them is by Sonia Jansky, and I was like, "No, I'm good. Oh, Thanks." Yeah, no doubt. Here's our stuff. In and then he's like, Dude must be the nicest guy ever. He must, I swear to God. Maybe. I'm sure he must make deadlines got, and no problem. Oh, that's what it is. He's yeah. extremely he's, fast. He's, he's, he's the Greg Land. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that whole attitude. But yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not a fan of his work. He might be a nice dude. We might meet him this weekend and like yeah, fucking yeah. end up drinks on him. But it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his work. But I got to apologize to Jason. I should have read this. It's all good. Yeah. But you so did read it. The fact, what the point is, you did read it. This is one of my favorite Lemire works. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's unique and isolated. It's this little thing. It's different than like, yeah, I yeah. mean, yes, there's there's the family aspect, at least at the start, but like it, it doesn't feel like Black Hammer or Sweet Tooth or, or X-Men or anything else he's done. Right. And, and I love the ending. Thank yes. you. Yes. I won't, we won't spoil it. You no. need to read it for yourself, but, yeah. but thank you for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. That was good. No, no follow-up comments or... Has it has it germinated in your brain since you've read it? No, you know, I mean, I, I don't. When I saw that you guys read it, we got the, like I don't. I don't remember all the details greatly, but I do remember certain scenes from it. I do remember how it ended. I do remember thinking. I mean, I guess where I, for me, I mean, I just feel like it's it was very in line with with Jeff. You know, like it felt very Jeff to me, just in a different setting. Like, cause he, you know, he did. I mean, he did Trillium. I mean, like it's not like sci-fi is out of his. Right, but I, but I know I thought it was fantastic, and I, I mean, you know, there was that moment where TKO was just like magma hot, you know, and uh, what does that mean? Like super hot, just like oh, lava, like magma. magma. Oh, magma. Yeah, you know. I thought um, you were speaking in tongues, like mama hot. Like, no, what does no, 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 no. And and, Mama's and, and this, I, just, <laughs> I remember liking that. And uh, what was the name of this? Was it Sarah? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we all read Sarah. Yeah, yeah, was good. Yeah, the gems of that first. But there's something part. real special about that Doctor Wu. I got to get my hands on that. Well, That's pulp as yeah, yeah, pulp, pulp AF, yeah, for sure. So I'm glad you. I'm glad. Oh, yeah, you very much, very much. So, so uh, thank you, Mr. Ellis. Yeah, right. I loved it. My man said the best tats. Jeez. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's got strong feelings about tats too, as he should. Yeah, he's not into the new, the foofy like. Oh my god! He's like, if you are the tattooed chef, you better have more than one fucking tattoo on your knuckle. I love that shit, man. He's right. He's right. Yeah, he hates all the new fine line stuff that everyone's getting because he's just gonna fade, you know, and everything. Like, he's not wrong about on that. He's very smart. Yeah, and a hell of a coffee producer as well. Yeah, right. I just had some. He's a Renaissance man. He's a man of many talents. Right. Yeah. That, it's exactly. my weekend coffee because I'll make my breakfast and then I'll French press the shit out of some of this. I brought it to work, and I'm like, "You gotta try this." I had the French press. They I poured. It. Tell me they appreciated it. No, they did. Okay. Th- those who drank coffee. Okay. Not everybody drinks coffee. I gotta be honest. I hadn't opened it until this two weeks ago, when my brother-in-law came. My, my, my brother-in-law was here for two weeks. He just left today, actually. And um, he's, he's, you guys know this, but for our listeners' sake, he's on, he's based on a walkabout. He's been driving around the country just for the last bunch of months. It's kind of like taking it all in. And uh, he, uh, he brings in his, so basically lives out of his car effectively, like unless he stays at a hotel or a friend's house. So he, um, all by design, people, he's not homeless. He's like choosing to do this. It's like a Kerouac type of thing. But, um, but he brings, he has a French press that he makes, you know, because, and he, so he, he brought this French press in. 
and I do the Nespresso, and he was like, you know, I guess you don't have any coffee, right? And I'm like, in fact, I do. And uh, and we busted out the we busted out the the you know, it's delicious it was delicious um, I feel lazy for not using a French press myself did he like it oh he loved it I loved it it was great great yeah, yeah it is very good yeah, it's great of the whole process of the French press mm-hmm. yeah yeah I bought a, a pound of Death Wish yeah doesn't have the same taste as the the stuff you got outside the con I was just gonna say right that, yeah. was, that was really good yeah maybe I didn't have the right formula down have a good coffee and sadly. That's what I hear. I might get lucky there. Yeah. Well. Well, no, because it's like all the people that like don't want to drink the Starbucks. Sure. So there's all these like. Yeah, I don't blame Pike's Place and yeah. Pizza. Uh, yeah. Are we going to Fantagraphics while we're in Seattle? We no reason we can't. Right. Maybe Gary will be there. It's a great idea. Gary, what do you hate? Oh, what, what do I hate? Wait, Gary, can you sign my How to Draw Wait, Marvel? Way? Dude, we should try and see if we can we can we chat him up. I'm down. I feel like we're going to be in town. Can we? Yeah, let's do this. You're the Send magic email. man right. for that. Send the email. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. It's a plan. Don't do this. Oh. Respect. You can be as acerbic and nasty as you want to be. Yeah, probably Just appreciate that. Let it all hang out. No holes barred. Well, I got like 100 bucks in Fantabucks I got to spend. This. Like no shit. Damn. Dude, Fantagraphics is killing me with the price of these Disney books. Dude, There's a slipcase and this was like a 250 like, bucks. Oh, yeah, I this month or, did, or was that last I almost month? ordered it, but then I'm like, man, I really want to spend 250 bucks on a Disney book. Uh, yeah? I don't think I did that. Dude, you spend... It, it's just like buying two Marvel Omnibus. I feel stupid for doing that. The, cosmically, the karma you would derive from a Disney set is far, far greater than a Marvel set. Is it though? Uh, yeah? I think. I know you're going to say, well, same company, dude, but they're not. The, the art is... Oh, you need to read it. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. This beauty is worth reading. Do you have any hardcover Disney books? No. We need to fix this for Christmas. <laughs> I don't think I do either. What? I think I have life. In, I think I have life and times. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, well, yeah, no, I think that's good. Yeah, I th- yeah, I do too. Yeah, you don't, don't have any barks either, one of you? I don't think so. No, my I've got that crazy Mickey Adventures. Oh, that's great! Thing. Yeah, but yeah, but that's very far removed. Right? Yeah, no, but I, yeah, no, I don't have any. I, I think, think I know what I'm. Right, if right, we right. are going to give Christmas presents this year, I think I know what I'm so going to give. We're going to start doing it after like six years of nothing. <laughs> we don't have to. No, I, I love giving gifts. Yeah, gifts is fun. So, what do you have? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. We just got those. Oh. You were helping. You uh, were, oh, you were oh, I was. I was the assistant. Uh, well, the 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 slackers noticed because I shared a page from the third issue, but I caught up on Superman, Son of Kal El. Uh, oh, hey, there's three issues. I read the first, and uh, I, I didn't get a chance to. Um, You're contractually obligated to discuss Superman. It's true. That's true. But this is this is uh, Tom Taylor. And beautifully illustrated by, by John Thames. That's a good team. It is. And, and uh, listen, I... There's... Which Superman is this? I mean, which kid is this? This is John Kent. Okay. Uh, the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So this is the, this is the teenage version of the boy from Super, Super Sons. Sons. Okay. Because during the Does Bendis run... No, it's present day... He's he's back from the Legion of Superheroes. He oh, knows okay. his dad is going away and is not returning. According oh. to according to history that he read when he was in the future. Damn, his dad's gone for good. Right. 
But Superman's actually in the DCU right now, though, right? Well, the Superman in Action Comics, the one written by PKJ right now, he is preparing to leave Earth. So it is kind of it is it's it's the way it is kind of playing out. Okay. Um, this Superman, previously Superboy, is not the Superman when he was a teenager that the old Superboy in the Silver Age was. This okay. is th- this this John Kent is he's not his dad. Okay. So it's not it's it's somebody actually and, and I apologize for for not getting the name right. There was a member on our Slack who did say that this is very similar to what Taylor did with uh, with the Wolverine book, where Laura was not just a copy of Logan. She was Wolverine in her own in her own way. Sure, that's what John is. This is this is Superman, and because this Superman was born on Earth, mm-hmm. he's not the outsider that his father was. He's not an alien. Okay, uh, so he approaches things that are happening in the world differently than his father would. He's got a different perspective, and he's younger. So he kind of you know in that sense, I guess he kind of reminds me of your oldest, Jason. You know, he's going to change the world. <laughs> in a big old bucket it's a hose uh, but apparently well it looks like Superman this Superman is going to have his version of Lex Luthor this Lex Luthor is President Henry Bendix from Stormwatch slash Authority Interesting. Because and I forgot for a second because for a second I was like I was at Bendix so they, like, they, 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 they trying to like say it's Bendis and Hitman. But no, it's a character who's been around for a minute. It does sound like a Bendis, though. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was Tommy, you know, cute. <laughs> um, there, in the second issue, John is going to go to school and he's going to need a secret identity, very much similar to uh, Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't go well because on his first day showing up to school, uh, someone shows up. Another student shows up with a gun. Okay. And uh, John reacts and jumps in to save the day, completely killing his secret identity because his wig flies off and his shirt pops open. So his now wig. He, yeah, they gave him a blonde wig, like he's <laughs> fucking black and air. So, um, so, so there goes the secret identity. Now all the kids are like, "Oh snap! Superman's going to our school." Uh, like your son so it it's I just it really is probably my favorite DC book right now wow three issues in um, and and the third issue John gets arrested because he's actually he's he's, he's, not, he's lining up with other protesters huh? because John saves a boat of um, of refugees from the uh, from the island of Gamora, where where President Bendix oversees, okay. he rescues these refugees, and of course the cops are like, "Well, they're refugees, you know. We've got borders and blah blah blah, and there's regulations and policies and procedures that are in place." And um, but Bendix wants his people back, mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of protesters who were like, "No, they came here." There's a thing if like if if where you live. It's so dangerous that you are risking dying to come to somewhere that you think is better. That maybe the place you're coming from isn't as great as the people in charge of that place 
are making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Like Bendix is like, oh, this is paradise. And, but, but your people are trying to leave it. If it's paradise, why are they trying to leave? Why are they trying to come to America? It's deep. So, you know, Taylor's obviously fucking around with current events and the political climate. Um, I think this version of Superman, that, that John Kent is a good vehicle for this. Uh, so, John, so John less power than his dad? John is probably not as powerful as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's close. And... Um, so, so John sits there with everybody else protesting, and the cops are like, you guys can't be here, you got to go, and, or we're going to arrest everybody, and John's like, well, I guess you arrested people, and the cop's like, we can't arrest you. He's like, why not? Well, because your dad is, but I'm here. I'm breaking the law. Like, you, can't, you can't not arrest me if you're going to arrest all these other people. If I'm doing the same thing as all these other people, then it, it, it's, it's all or nothing. So John goes to, John goes to jail. And he's like, Dad, I did a hard time because Superman comes to bail him out. Yeah, and, hard and he's time. like, I did a hard time. And Superman's like, Kal-El's like, you were in there for 45 minutes, kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it was a hard 45 minutes. So, um, <laughs> so, so they, they go home. They, they, they go to Smallville because Dad wants to have dinner with everybody with Ma and Pa Ken and Lois is there. And that's the night John realizes that this is the night. He's that rolled out. That Superman is, yeah. That, 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 so what's that, the whole that, prophecy? He goes away and doesn't come back? War World, yeah. According to whatever John read in the future, he doesn't know what happens. It's just he knows that around this time, Superman leaves and doesn't yeah, come back. Wow. That's weird. But in the third issue... That'd be hella awesome. So what's the timeline like? If then? DC what? went like five years without Superman being in the books, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. No, I don't, so, I don't mean. I know, I know, I know. But yes, it would, it would. Which is, but I mean, at least they have this Superman. But yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. But because um, Action Comics is still happening, and that's probably where the whole War World thing is going to happen. So wait, so the timeline has split again? No. But this was never ever on the books. Well, no, but neither was Rebirth. I mean, we're talking. I mean, like things are. It's true. So yeah, yeah we're, I'm just. We're, we're, I'm going with the flow here. Um, so there's intriguing though oh yeah no which is and, and so, so the fact that you know and there's there's a page which I I'll, I'll, I'll get out to the gallery but I um, there's there's a there's a page where Superman and and where Cal and John are talking and when Superman says it's time to go John's like why he's like because well, people need me and I have the power to help them. And, and John's like, yeah, but people need you here, too. And he said, and, and Cal says, no, people need Superman. And that's you now. Um, I'm the man of tomorrow. You're for the days after. Mm. And they hug. Oh, boy. Superman grabs Lois, I guess, so they can do their own private goodbye. And they take off. I see this Lois needs a sandwich, too. Well, it's John Tim, so yeah, everybody needs a sandwich. Uh, Ma Kent says your father will be back. He comes back every time. Well, I was looking. Yeah, he. Tim goes with the skinny looks, huh? Like, yeah. Hey, Ma Kent's usually a little more portly. Ma Kent is Diane Lane. She's a fine-looking woman. She is. So John asks Grandma. He's like, "So you're not worried?" He's so judgmental. No, Diane Lane's fine, but I don't know why I think of her as Ma. I mean, she's one. That was one version of Ma Kent. Well, it's better than the. That's like saying uh, Aunt May. Although, although, uh, Annette O'Toole from Smallville as Ma Kent, that's not bad either. 
Diane Lane, by the way, star of Why the Last Man. Yes. Yeah, I don't think of Smallville as... Okay. Well, anything. All right. Let's not go there. Oh. We don't want this to be the last fucking episode of the <laughs> You really love Smallville? I enjoy it. You don't have to do I, that. No, I enjoy it a lot. I do. I, I, it's, it was, and there's a reason before we get back to the comic. There's, it was something that, that my father and I shared because it was... It's, Say no you know, more then. He would, you know, he'd watch it. I'd record it. I'd get home. I'd finally watch it and then we'd chat about it. So there were... Th- but yeah, I mean... Yes, was a formula. Yeah, did they take liberties with some things? Yes, but I thought Tom Welling played a pretty cool Clark Kent. Um, that ain't Doomsday, though. No, 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 no. Hundred percent. That that was ridiculous. Yeah, I did not. And, and hey, I, Doomsday crashed our prom. What the fuck, dude? Doomsday crashed the planet. Why, why, is, why, is, why is Doomsday even fucking around with, with, with not Superboy? But it, it's it's one of those things where. They just that I realize they had a very limited budget. I get it, and he's a very handsome Superman. Oh yeah, that's all I'm going to say. And and they brought him and they brought back the guy who played Doomsday to be Agent Liberty on Supergirl. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, you touch I, me. Talking uh, to that's so, you're warm. Jeez. Uh, well, next to him, Mr. Hottie over here. Uh, I knew that's what it was. So so uh, so Ma's like, no, nah, man, he's my son. I'm I'm always worried, but I stopped doubting a long time ago. So come back inside, because John brought the friend he made at school to the Kent's farm for dinner, uh, and the kid Jay was completely he. He's very impressed by Lois Lane because the kid wants to be a journalist. No, oh, wouldn't he? And he's just like, he, he, he kind of was super awkward in front of Lois. Um, so, so Superman and Lois fly away and, and she tells Cal, you know, listen, he'll be okay. And Cal's like, no, I know, he'll have you. Superman leaves the planet. He's out of orbit. Is it weird there's a planet named Gamora considering it's DC? I know, well, it's two hours. <laughs> so so Bendix's assistant comes up and says Superman's gone he left the planet you're all clear to do whatever it is you want to do he's like okay that's great um, let's uh, let's do what we got to do there was a character in the first issue who had this uh, he had a pyrotechnic ability but he had no control over it pyro kind of like pyro yeah but he was so he no pyro's the opposite Pyro couldn't make fire, but he had... Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. He needed the flame to yeah. fuck with shit. But this guy's, like, burning down, uh, burning down, like, forests and shit. Gotcha. Uh, but he has no idea how he got this power. No, 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 no. This is what I know. Pyro is the exact... What the fuck is it? Literally. Literally. Well, actually. Yet couldn't make it. So... Mendicant, understand. So there are these metas that have been that have been given powers. They have no idea how. And I'm thinking that, you know, they get him on Gamora. But there's this one character, her name is Faultline. She can create earthquakes. Bendix drops her out of a plane (coughs) heading right towards the Kent farm. Oh, shit. Blows it up. And blows the fuck (coughs) out of it. And that's your cliffhanger for the third issue. I saw is everybody dead? I mean, John hopefully saw yeah. it happen and, and got them all out of the house. Yeah. But, you know. 
I'll find out when I read the fourth issue. But I mean, it's it's. I, mean, I just, I really, like I said, Taylor is different than you know than the than the Weekly Triangle era. This isn't Louis Simonson. This sure. isn't Roger Stern. This is you know he's doing his own thing. It's current events. And I, and again, I think John Kent is the perfect Superman to take on these kind of things because he's not the established blue boy scout mm-hmm. that we're so used to. The person who is all. Truth, justice, the American way. We got to make sure we follow the rules. Mm-hmm. John is young and he's brash. He doesn't. It, he. It, he doesn't take it lightly. The fact that he's wearing the shield. He, he knows shouldn't. it's important. He's got a lot to live up to. Right, but he's not so trying like John's to like be John's like an AOC guy, and like Calwell's like a like a Biden guy. Yeah. Right. Kind of, yeah, like, I was like, man, I'm, a, I'm probably American. Like, we got to do some things. Right. Like, I'm real proud yeah, but well, we still have to make sure, you know, all yeah. our dots and crosses yeah, 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 are, are I so. But I, I, I really, I like what Taylor's doing with the character. Of course, I'm loving Tim's artwork, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a Superman book with a kind of grown or. The costume with the red bleeding into the top of the collar. I kind of yeah. I mean, because it, it's it, it is it's different. It's his own thing again. Because he's not uh-huh. he's not a carbon copy. He's right. he's doing you know it's 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 a good look. Yeah, that's I pulled that for the. Uh, I, uh, I like it a lot. I, yeah. it, and you know it's so I. He is he is he is so far the best of Lois and Cal. I, I think you know he's 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 got Dad's powers. <clears throat> but I think he's he's really got the mindset Lois has because Lois is all about the truth. Lois is all about listen. You know, this is we have to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. So I I, I think it's a I I think it's a great merging of the two. It's amazing how crucial the Lois and Clark miniseries has been to current continuity. Mm. It's a it's a keystone. It's very important. Yeah, I mean, without it, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, and, and that's I, for me. For me, that's the best thing about Convergence was the fact that we got it, John Kent out. It, of it may have been the only good thing. About it's like it's, it's like Hitman with bloodlines. Right. Right. But uh, end of the day, I'm somewhat comforted by the fact that you're still carrying the torch for DC. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's hard. Like I'm 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 glad that you're enjoying this stuff. Yeah. Same season. I'm just glad. Um, this whatever makes you happy makes me happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Same goes for all of us. True. That's right. What else we got? Well this book that you saw earlier. Yes. I get it. I'm not gonna put the the accents on yeah. lots now. Well, so first of all, shout out to one of our newest Slack patrons, Derek R. Because he's the reason I own this book. Okay. Nice. He posted he after, just after joining our Slack, uh, like a, two weeks ago. I am going to put the Yeah, it's been a minute. He yeah. jumped into the comics general discussion, which is where we talk about book. And he said, hey, anyone ever check this out? And he posted a cover, of a snapshot of this very book, which is called Letter to Survivors by Gebe. Publisher? Uh, publisher, and it's published by NYRC, which is New York Review uh, New York Review Comics. Published like by New it. York Review of Books. I like it a lot. Um, 
so he was like, anyone ever check this out? And I, many of us were like, no, we have not. And it turns out that Derek is himself a mailman, which is what attracted him to this book when he saw it, because on the cover of the book is, uh, it's a two-tone cover, it's yellow and then a red, sort of almost crater-like, looks like you're on the moon, but it's actually a post-apocalyptic Earth. There's a dude in a hazmat suit on a bike, and it turns out he's a mailman. And this is a story, essentially, of uh, the only survivors are, uh, most of the survivors are in, uh, like, nuclear shelters, you know, like bomb shelters. And the mailmen deliver mail now by rolling up to the bomb shelters and reading them letters into the air vent. It's um, cool. So, but it's interesting because this book, this version I'm holding, I think was published in 2017. It was uh, translated uh, in English, to English by Edward Guavin, who's done a ton of translations, tons of Bantasenic uh, translations. But as I said, the book is by Gebe, and for those that don't know, uh, Gebe's long since passed. He died almost 20 years ago, but um, his name is uh, George Blondeau, hence Gebe is in French, the phonetic... Whoa! Whoa. Oh, shit. Oh, you said a power outage. Wow. How about that? That's crazy. I want to make sure that we're still recording. Wow, this is nuts. Wow. Blackout. Wow. Wow. That was the best. That's nuts. Wow. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. I've had a little too much. Great. That is great. Wow, it's like I'm back in Putnam Valley. Right? That's nuts. (laughs) Except, except I'd be going for the rest of the night. You guys would be recording. Yeah, great. Um, Thank goodness for battery power. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay, so... Um, Sweetness. You can't make this shit up. Speaking of post-apocalyptic. You can't. So, so Gebe was, uh, was a prominent French journalist. Uh, most probably well-known for almost 20 years. He was the editor-in-chief of Charlie uh, Hebdo. No shit. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and he wrote this in the middle of his tenure as the EIC of of, uh, of that pedigree. Um, so this came, this book was a was a he put he put this out in 1981. So it's a little over 40 years old now. Um, and uh, he was a um, Gebe was a unapologetic far left leaning anarchist. You know, he, my man. He was down with down with government in general and power. Power brokers and big business, and you know, and, and for those that don't know, I mean, most people, Frank, sadly, most people that hear the thing, hear the name Charlie, had uh, now think of the the attack, the yeah. shooting from you know ten or so years ago, but but um, what? Not even. It hasn't been. Too no, long. it's been like it happened. Yeah, it was before the pandemic, but it was like it was like oh, 2018, was it? 2018. No, oh. no, no, because I was still working. At, it was 2015, right? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. yeah. So six, so seven, six, seven years ago. But either way, like people probably know the name from that. But 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 it was it was a leading satirical publication, a weekly publication, and it still exists by the way. But, Love the aesthetic. Um, but anyway, so so he was one of the main French voices for for satire for decades. Uh, the author given, um, he and and this was just a work he did where, um, as I mentioned, it's it the premise is basically there's a mailman that go go around and they. Deliver letters, and this particular book focuses on one mailman rolling up and delivering, reading letters to this uh, nuclear family of a husband, wife, and two kids. And uh, it starts off very innocently, like, in, and as he's reading the letters, you know, the 
they could, the, the cartoons are evoking what, what you're hearing in the letters. Um, the, the letters start off innocently enough, just sort of like happy-go-lucky reminiscings about life pre the apocalypse. Um, and, and the family's reactions to the letters at first are relatively innocuous, but as the story goes on, the letters get stranger and stranger and darker, and, uh, and, and the, the family's reactions to them and, and just general disdain for being stuck in this little tiny place by themselves with, with no, no space between them gets, gets more and more pronounced. And the book, and the book, at the end of the day, is a is a is a very biting, funny, satirical look at society, and uh, and the family unit, and uh, and the things that we ascribe <clears throat> value to, and whether we're all insane for having for for valuing the things we value. Um, and there's a really awesome, fun twist at the end too, which kind of throws like a little Twilight Zone angle to it. But um, it was terrific, and I I'd never heard of this book until. Uh, until it appeared in our Slack, you know, and, and, and I, I just, I love that, right? I love that we can do this six times a month for over a decade, talking about every comic imaginable, and we scour previews, and we, you know, buy more comics than we can read in our lifetimes, and there's still stuff, like, all the time that we've never even heard of that we end up getting turned on to from someone else, and then we read it, and it's terrific. So, uh, it's, a little, it's like digest-sized. Um, it's uh, just over 100 pages, yeah, like 110 pages. Terrific, quick, easy read. Um, you know, I'm always a sucker for post-apocalyptic stuff, but this is very much just more in the category of, of, of societal satire. I mean, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic setting's almost, you know, almost, uh, not would say superfluous, but it's that's not really the point. It's just a vessel for them to take a, a stab at society because society no longer exists, so they're reminiscing about it, but it's it would work fine if it was just, you know, uh, a, a, a sequential... You know, taking a part of society writ large. I like the art a lot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I only briefly flipped through his book, but it looks like the the line work reminds me of Bernard Clibben's work. Clibben, the the cat artist. Mm. Not familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of looks like Clibben mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, you know, it's if you like if you like to read biting takes about. You know how absurd we all are in our the way we live our lives, and this is definitely for you. So yeah, so letters to letter, not le- just one letter to survivors. I get it. There is a shit ton of absurdity in the world, is there not? Yeah, man. Oh, there is. The older I get, the more absurd I think it all is. I have a huge serving of absurdity for you. Word. Yeah. By far the best thing I read this week. By far, he said. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm curious about because I, I didn't. I, I didn't read it. Uh, I didn't even make it to the comic shop today before I left the house. Um, so yeah, I am. I am curious to hear about this book. Well, uh, at the head of the episode, I said that DCBService.com does not mind order editions, and this is a testament to that fact because I read this. Uh, first issue digitally and I said after reading it I have to have the physical copy of this so I fired up the old gmail and I asked if it could be added to my order and I said I realize that it's very short notice what with this book having come out this Wednesday mm-hmm. can you please add this to my order and like oh yeah sure so I ordered the second issue on this previews and I added it to my pull list because this book if there was 
ever a book that was encoded into my DNA, it's mm. this book. Uh, the concept is by Marcus Parks, Henry Zabrowski, and Ben Kissel. Now, research turned up that these people are involved with a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left. I've heard of that podcast. Yeah, to avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a podcast. It's only a Because that was the tagline to Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. And if you're going to name your podcast in homage to a Wes Craven masterpiece, okay, I'm down with that, right? So it's written by Marcus Parks and Henry Zabrowski. Uh, pencils by the great John McRae and P.J. Holden. Inks by McRae and color by Mike Spicer. And while we're at it, let's just give it up for Becca Carey on letters. So what is Soul Plumber about? Well, you can guess, but you're never going to get it. So I'll just tell you. Okay. It's about a man named Edgar. Edgar is a God-fearing man. He's obsessed with the Jesus. Uh, he's a failed seminary student, lost in life, um, scraping out a meager existence, trying to do right by the ways of his Savior. And he's, he's witness to what he perceives as the lack of God in the children of the Lord. And he makes it his duty to go out and, and nudge others down the path of salvation. This is a recipe for me to completely ignore this book, right? Anything that, that parlays this kind of thinking into a narrative usually turns me off. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very sarcastic and sardonic, mm -hmm. right? Because um, Edgar, he works at the Come and Go. <laughs> it's a gas station. Mm -hmm. um, and it's spelled Q-U-M and go. Uh, so he, being a gas station register clerk, he, he, he crosses paths with people of various types, right? One of which is a dude named Scuzz. Mm. Cool, Scuzz. And uh, either of you fans of the young ones? Yeah. Remember the young ones? Yeah. Scuzz reminds me a lot of Adrian Edmondson's character Vivian. Okay. But with far less self-control, if that makes any sense. He's an angry, violent, chaotic, drug and sex crazed. He's plastered with tattoos. He's unhinged. Wants nothing more than a soda. Buy me a soda. I'll suck your dick. Sure. Right? So, so Scuzz is, he's, he's a tormented soul. And, and Edgar tries to, to shine the light of God into Edgar's life. And he has a little bit of success. Like he, he has somehow tempered Scuzz's madness with thoughts of doing right, doing the right thing, right? Uh, there's another character called Elk. Elk's a Vietnam vet. And he has his nose blown off during the war. Literally, the dude's face that where the nose would be is stripped right to the bone. So you can see inside of his nasal cavity. It's creepy as hell, right? Um, Elk is, is also obsessed with a, a deity, but one that's very far removed from the Jesus. Elk is a living tribute to the fuck mother. The fuck mother is a, is a transvestite um, spiritual leader online 
who um, deems it necessary for her followers to uh, speak the dark tongue, which is like litter the air with as many profanities as you possibly can. Like, like Elk thinks he has to use the word fuck as many times in the day as the fuck mother deems necessary. That's right. So he got two different, two divergent viewpoints here, right? So um, one day, Edgar's at doing his job at the Phillips station, and uh, a, a man's having trouble with the pump, right? Can't get the damn thing to work. Hello. Uh, the dude's name is uh, Harvey Positano, and he's driving a van, and it's plastered with the Jesus all over the van. Um, spirit, you know, plumber. And, and he's, he's running this, this traveling um, symposium where he does this, this, let's call it an act, because that's what it is, where um, he takes a tortured soul and hooks him up to this device where he can reach in, it's called the soul plunger, um, the spirit plunger. He can reach into the person's soul and physically extract wow. the thing that's possessing them. And he holds it up and it's this icky, disgusting creature and it's screaming and he, ah, he's like, I've purged you of your pestilence, the thing that is corrupting your soul, it's gone. It's all a scam, as you would think. Right. Because um, the the man that's on the, the table, the, the possessed, uses the old nugget from the the exorcist. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, right? And when I saw that, I was like, I am among kindred spirits here. This is the book for me. Um, and, and later, after the fact, uh, Harvey goes, dude, never use the your mother sucks cocks in hell line because it's, it's expected, right? And he's like, well, it always works, right? But anyway, so uh, for a fee, Harvey will school you on the uh, proper use of the, the spirit plunger. Unfortunately, Edgar doesn't have any money. He's a cashier at a friggin' gas station. How can he afford? So Harvey kind of passes it off. Yeah, whatever, kid, get the hell out of here. Here, here's a couple of flyers. Go do your, your own thing. And so Edgar thinks this is his calling. He needs this spirit plunger. He needs this device to save all these souls mm-hmm. from, from evil and set them on the, the path of righteousness. So he steals the plans for the spirit plunger and he goes and makes it on his own. He doesn't know how it works. He can't read the stuff, but he's just throwing shit together. Part of the device is a toilet seat. Like, it's so absurd. But um, who do you think his subject is? Scuzz. Right, he hooks Scuzz up to a table. He puts his makeshift spirit plunger device over him, and the fucking thing works. He reaches into Scuzz's soul and pulls out the the demonic taint that has been plaguing this, and that's where the issue ends. So you're like, what the fuck? This know nothing, Jesus obsessed schlub who's working at a gas station somehow managed to concoct or construct this device that allows him to breach whatever dimension it is that allows him access to the soul and physically remove this monster from this person's body. It's the end of the first issue. So where it's going to go from here, I don't know. But just the 
the um, the sardonic take on religion that the person that Edgar thinks is going to give his life meaning is a shyster. Mm-hmm. He wants nothing more than to scrape money from these so-called believers to buy this the plans for this stupid thing that doesn't work. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. It's 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 Oz behind the curtain, right? And I, I just thought this issue was friggin' wonderful. It is, I will say, for a DC book, it is foul as hell. Oh. There is nasty off-color language on every page of this thing. Um, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I think it's it's brilliant. So I signed up. I'm in for the entire duration. Um, anybody that pokes fun at religion is is, is uh, okay in my book, but to do it creatively like this and make a statement that I mean I, I haven't deciphered exactly what the statement is yet could be that the faith those those seeking um, everlasting life are easily duped into separating themselves from their money right mm-hmm. that's one thing but that's a, that's a given right I'm sure there's going to be more substance to this but just the the diversity of characters the the uh, transgressive nature of the the uh, narrative i thought this was an absolute it was a godsend (laughs) yeah now i loved it soul plumber number one go out and get it uh it it is very surprising that dc would publish something like this well it's a nice start to the the new dc horror presents yeah this is going to be the basket full of heads of this dc horror line i think i think this is going to be the 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 standard by which all further series are, is judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so get on it now. And McRae is, I mean, it's typical McRae. It, it looks great. That's what right. else can you say about the man's art, right? Um, Hitman, demon, whatever. He 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 attacks everything with a plum, and he uh, he gets the job done in a, in a very uh, satisfying way. Yeah, Love cool. it. So I, I'm intrigued. I, I think I'm going to check out this last podcast on the left. Huh? I'm not a podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a goo and see if it's uh, to my liking. If not, then whatever. And regarding podcast, I have to talk to you about something afterwards. Mm. Oh, intrigued. mysterious. Look yeah. at you. Well, it's, it, it's going to be anticlimactic when I'm I tell you. Because uh, it, it's going to make for crap radio, but... Um, I love the fact that you just talked up a DC book after telling me that I'm picking up the DC toy. It is an atypical DC book. True. There's not a lick of spandex in this right. thing. No, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I wax and now is the imprint called DC Horror? It does say so on the cover, yeah, but yeah. is that Horror Presents? Yeah, DC Horror Presents. Yeah, I want to make the show notes reflect mm-hmm. the actual title of this thing. User. Yeah, very surprising. I, I laughed out loud a bunch of times. <laughs> I mean, he offered to suck somebody's dick, scuzz, for a diet soda. Yeah. My kind of dude. Diet soda, Jesus. Well, you don't want to. Why are the cars a huge penis? That's funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, the scuzz at one point says, I was part of MK Ultra, but they had to let me go, so my dick was too big. <laughs> they obviously have done their research into, you know, Conspiracy theories and and counterculture and all that stuff. It's a it's a really great book. Mm-hmm. Now I did not read Chicken Devil uh, number one, so I did. stop. 
So I, I, the jury may be still out that this was definitely the best thing I read all week. But we'll see. For right now, Soul Plumber number one captures the title. I intensely dislike Jerry Dillon. I love Hayden Sherman's art, though. Yeah, we do. We do like Hayden Hermes Hart. All right. Did not care for the book. Why has he got to be the outlier? He's Listen, I'm just, I, I, the he, voice of dissension. It was, one of our, it was one of your previous picks. So, yeah. So I grabbed it and I read it and I was just like, one and one down, one and done. Baffling. So strange. Did not like it. Oh well. Continues my my shock over aftershock popularity. We have very different tastes in books, though. Sometimes. By and large, we do. You just got done praising me for sentience. I don't know if that's entirely true. Yeah, it's a stretch to recommend a Lemire book. <laughs> well, I mean, it took you a year to read it. it. A year? It was released in 2019, my friend. Two years, there you go. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. I'm not going to fault you for not liking Chicken Devil. You must have had a bad week. It's all good. <laughs> well, you haven't even read it yet. No, nah, but I've seen the artwork. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, the previews were Hayden's great, man. Yeah, wasted space. You need to get on that. If if Scout ever publishes a or uh, sorry Vault ever publishes a wasted space omnibus, you got to buy that with the quickness. Mm. Get on that. Damn it! Get right on that. All right. So what else? Uh, do we want to back this sh- uh, bus up and and get some sleep for New York Comic Con tomorrow, or what are we going to do? Sleepies. All them sleeps. All right, everybody. Hey, as usual, this uh, brouhaha was sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books. Get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door, unless they're Marvel, for a fraction (laughs) of the Uh, cover price. Uh, Here are the specials, to reiterate. From Vault, We Ride Titans number one by Trey Dean and Sebastian Piri is going to cost you a paltry $1.99. Carl Slominski, love him, Cult of Icarus, number one, produced in concert with Jenilyn Wright. This thing is $2.39. Get on it. Please don't make us tell you we told you so. And last but certainly not least, my most anticipated book from this previous, Seven Seas, Common Rider Classic Manga Collection Hardcover, Volume 1 is $23.09. Mm-hmm. In your travels, I really hope to see you at New York Comic Con tomorrow because uh, I have nothing else. Church. Oh, okay. I really don't. Uh, what else did I read? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Even if I check my list on the Slack, I think I talked about everything that I've read. All right. That's the thing. You guys put like a plethora of stuff up there. I just put... Only things that I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, read Amazing Fantasy number two because it's gorgeous. All right. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Right? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I think three came out. Yeah, it, it did. It did. So silly. Like, these things come out so quickly. It's like once a month, frankly. Like- <laughs> yeah, it's like a periodic. Crazy. Shit. What are they doing? Yeah, but you love us. Uh, yeah, I do. Your travels. I, I hate to admit it, but oh, I do. I'm why would you hate to admit because that? Because it, 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 it shows vulnerability in oh, myself. For the love of God, man. Be fucking human. For real. Oh, I love you. Oh, pierce the veil. Christ. I need... Uh, is he going to drink that? If not, I'll drink it. 
We have plenty more, Jeremy. No, why waste it? Yeah. I was going to pour it in my glass, but yeah. Oh, here. How was the no, but I had to drink it. I, I haven't finished this yet. How was the singer? Very good. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. Um, I'll follow Vince's lead. I, there, there was a book. I kind of want Jason to read it because I want his take on it. Oh. You, you can have it. What is? You don't like no. it? No. <laughs> there we go. See? No, it, it tastes like a cedar closet. <laughs> Maybe he fucked it up there. <laughs> Maybe he stuck his tongue in it. <laughs> right? No, it just has a weird... Facts. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't No, like something's it. up then, because that doesn't. No, it's not bad. I no, think that's how it is. In any event, um, there was no backwash in that at all. So no, you could drink it. That. Good looking at Good looking at uh, Yeah, hope to see you at New York Comic Con. Um, I did. I, re- I finished. Um, Thanks to HBO Max, I finished watching the first season of Superman and Lois to keep it all Superman-centric. Oh, look at that. Uh, Put that in the show notes. I I dug the season. There, there, there was a pretty neat twist that I don't think Vince is really going to appreciate when it comes to uh, Superman's family. <laughs> Kal-El's family. Yeah. Um, you watched that too? Yeah. But uh, the 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 introduction of John Henry Irons and and um, and and in true form Lois needs a freaking more than she. Oh Jesus Christ! I mean, she's really taking the whole Margot Kidder look to a whole I mean, new level. Damn. Who was the Lois in Smallville? What was her name? Erica Durance. beautiful woman. And she's been in Supergirl. She she's Supergirl's mom on the show on um, Melissa Benoist show. God, time moves, man. Yeah. Um, but I thought that, uh, you know, Superman, Clark and Lois moving to Smallville with their twins, Jonathan and Jordan. Twins? Twins. Yeah. Fuck it. You're not out. I yeah. no, I'm not in. I can't adapt like the show because the one twin is like, like he's the, he seems like the kind of kid you hate. Like, he's like... Uh, oh, he's Damien. The J- Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, but J- I don't know. There's something about Jordan that I, that I really like, which is weird. I know. Um... He gives off those never she Jew vibes, but uh, there's. Uh, yeah, it's true. Superman's never been more Jewish than she. Yes, yeah. and and Jordan's girlfriend is. Oh. Well, it's entirely fitting that Superman would be Jewish, given his creators. But I mean, not, I, he's not, Jewish. Not being, not being adopted by the Kents in in Middle America. No, no but he's Jewish. Superman's Jewish by proxy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but no, the the the, season, the first the first season was um, there, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster emotion wise. I'm not, not trying to say you know every episode was a banger, but there were there were things that uh, overall the entire 15 episodes. Um, I dug the story we went on, and and um, I'm looking forward to the next season. The, the first season. Ended with quite an interesting cliffhanger. Not not necessarily a cliffhanger, but there were revelations. Uh, there, it's it's going to be an interesting start of, of a second season. But I I I liked it a lot. Taylor Hoechlin has, has grown into the role of Superman. I wasn't really feeling him during the whole Arrowverse Crisis crossover episodes when he was introduced, but he's definitely grown on me and uh, I really there's not since the movie the Superman movie have I felt a natural connection between Lois and Superman there are conversations when when Superman first shows up in Metropolis 
there are conversations that he and Lois had. Oh my! It, it just it made me smile, and and there were things that what your smiling is overrated. You you base your opinion on smiling far too much. This made me smile. Okay, puppies make me smile. Yeah, right? not, puppies I, make you smile. I'm not talking about puppies in my travels, though. <laughs> the puppies are a completely different kettle of fish, man. Yeah, yeah it's that. true. Who doesn't love puppies? Exactly. My question, is there doomsday in this thing? Not yet. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Same song for the second season. Yeah. It took, what, like seven or eight before he showed up in Smallville? I mean, listen, it's Superman, so like, you know... Yeah, I mean, it was a long I time mean, before he showed up, right? I mean, At the prom, no less. Yeah, I think you're, you would dislike it, because they take a lot of liberties, dude. For sure, yeah. I don't... I'm, I'm, you know me, I don't like mixing my mediums. I don't, I'm not a fan yeah. of... of <laughs> movies and TV shows based on comics. I'm really not. I mean, this is like I watch all these shows because hold. It's like one of the few things that Holden Death and I are watch together. And, See, uh, that's great. Yeah. If you got that, that's but awesome. Like, you watch it with Renee. Like, I, I like the show a lot, but it was. No, I mean, not. I think the show, like, like with all these shows, like it, I think if you're trying to like stick a critical lens on, they can. There's. Oh yeah, you can definitely yeah. start pulling threads. Yeah, and but like, I'm not going to pull it apart. No, but like ultimately, these shows are about like, do you find the characters, the actors engaging? And uh, does it have heart? And I, think, I think both of those things are true. The the I mean, Tom Holland is a different story, but the two characters that the two comic book characters that my wife is not a fan of, Spider Man and Superman. Because she knows what's up. You know what? I'm done with her. I think that's she's beautiful she, and shit. She's a queen bee. That's why. But I think I'm done with her. That's why she is who she is. But I mean, if, but she's, if I could still love, love her after that, she's yeah. If you could still love her, yeah, she's got something. So you know, but that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> you don't you don't recognize yeah, the brilliance of Peter Parker and Clark Kent? We're done. Your wife's all about that burn era. <laughs> you're, you are an asshole. <laughs> so yeah, Amy tries catch up on the first yeah. season of Superman and Lois. <laughs> oh fuck. Who's burning? What's, what's That's burning? I don't How understand this. Is. How is that not burning? Is that a process? Oh, goodness. What is it? Yeah, I'll co-sign Dab on the Lowe's and Clark. I thought that was enjoyable. That's his star <laughs> raw. I think star was very, very queen. My God. Uh, so, uh, in your travels, uh, I'm going to recommend a comic. So, that's what we did right here. Um, oh, it's got to be different. <laughs> what have you? Got to be me. Yeah, for Image Comics, uh, new number one. Oh, you know what? What is it? You know, it. Go ahead, go ahead, talk. What am I looking at? Must be. No, you, you got it. It's supposed to shake it a bit. Okay. I don't think that's going to really change. I know, I understand. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. But yeah, I mean, it, it's yes. You're supposed to shake. it. Yeah, that's trying to. I shake something else and the taste is different I, too, oh but I mean. God. I didn't know it was milky either. I didn't either. I never yeah. saw it without the fucking can. Milky. I've not seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> dope. Maybe it's the wine. The wine, the wine, you know, wow. it's Mr. Wizard Oh here. my God, you put it in the same glass? Isn't that sacrilege? Why? You mixed fucking I mean, beer and the wine. Tell us about, tell us about your, uh, okay. in your travels. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely not the purest I thought you were if you put milk in a wine glass. It's not milk, it's a... That's, that's a fucking milk. milk, look at that. <laughs> it looks like a freaking glass full of cum. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it, let, it, it, let it drip down the side of your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> splash it, it does look like my dream, right here. In my dreams. It looks like a single to two girls, one cup. Oh my God. This is wrong. Uh, See what happens when we're on the same room? In your travels. If you want this every we, week, you can pay for it. Patreon. Go ahead. Oh my <laughs> New tier. Off the roof. 
Everybody gets together, one thousand a month. <laughs> Published by Image Comics, uh, a righteous thirst for vengeance. For that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm wow. not. A righteous thirst for vengeance, number one. Righteous thirst for written vengeance. Written by Rick Remender, with art by Andre Lima Arujo, with Chris O'Halloran on colors and Russ Wooten on letters. Uh, this is Remender's new series. Most of his long-term series are wrapping up or have recently wrapped up, much to my dismay. So I'm glad to see that he's reloading. Um, this mm. is with a new artist. Um, so, you know, he's got a bunch of artists that he frequently collaborates with. I guess uh, Andre Lima Rujo is joining the fray. Uh, and this was really interesting, man. It was a pretty yeah. subtle first issue. I mean, basically... You're, you're brought into a very scenic, first couple pages, a scenic look at Vancouver, British Columbia, and then it zeroes in into uh, what I'm guessing is a fairly uh, accurate depiction of, uh, of Chinatown in Vancouver because there's like lots of uh, very specifically drawn um, uh, scenes, I'm guessing, are straight out of postcards or, or famous landmarks of the area. Um, and then our uh, protagonist comes out of his building. He's a kind of a, a portly... Uh, Un, you know, not clean-shaven uh, Asian dude with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, kind of dressed frumpily. He uh, walks out of his building, it's pouring rain, and he gets onto a bus, and uh, he's, you know, just kind of going about his business. You don't, really not much happens there. He looks at, he's looking at a map, and uh, with a pen in it, he's trying to get to a new, another place, and he's looking on the web, and so forth, so on, and as he gets off the bus and he goes into a supermarket, he slams into a Kevin Spacey-looking dude. Uh, they have words, but then they kind of uh, they kind of apologize to each other and laugh about it. And he goes about his business, and then um, somehow or another, uh, our protagonist ends up at a very modern-looking house. Um, no clue why he's going there. And when he walks in, he rings the doorbell. He knocks. No one answers. So he goes in. And when he goes in, he sees brutally massacred, uh, uh, tortured, maimed, and dead uh, couple. Um, they're, they've been punctured. They have like light bulbs and uh, pin cushions sticking into their wounds. They have uh, yeah. the, the husband, the male, the husband has a, a, a bottle of chlorine, <laughs> of chlorine bleach That's taped awesome. to his mouth. Um, <laughs> His feet are nailed to the floor. Oh uh, the God. woman is is naked. It looks like she's been uh, she's been punctured a million different ways, or her vaginal area has been destroyed. Like mm. it's very very graphic and gross. And and, um, and and there's still food on the table that's steaming hot, and there's a, a teapot on the table. So like all of this must have just happened. And uh, and he sees all this and he freaks out and he he wipes everything down and he runs out of out of the place like you know to make make hay. But but he uh, he left footprints. Um, because he had stepped in a dead bird on the way in, and mm. it's just a, it's just a really weird issue. Because first of all, it's it's essentially a silent issue. I mean, there are a few few word balloons, but very few word balloons. Secondly, we don't know anything about our protagonist: his name, who he is, why he was heading to this house, who these people are that he walks into their home after knocking and not hearing, not having an answer. Um, and it's clear, at least from what he gathered, that the person he happened to bump into in the mart he believes to be the killer. So it's like, that's talk about, that's a strange coincidence, right? So like, there's a lot of, it's clearly a mystery, a lot of unopened questions left after the first issue. Um, 
and I'm certainly intrigued, but I don't know. I have no idea what to tell you what this where, where the bent of this book is going. I mean, what was the you know? I, I don't know why he was going to this house and who these people were, and I'm sure we'll find out. And uh, now I'm guessing, given the name of the book, he probably feels now he owes some debt of vengeance to tracking down this killer. Um, although I'm guessing too, based on the clues of him moving footprints, that he's going to be blamed for the murder. So um, yeah, there's a lot of ways this book can go from here. Uh, uh, Arujo's art is, is very different than anything I've seen from Rick's prior collaborators. It's very, very thin line, very, very detailed, almost like, um, uh, I'm trying to think, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's Homeboy's name that does the, um, uh, I'm totally blanking on, uh, the dude we see at all the cons that draws the crazy, like, uh, like, dude fighting the zombies and stuff, uh, uh, Jeff Darrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's like Darrow without like the over-the-top actiony stuff. Yeah, but that same kind of like really thin line, really detailed. You know, like sort of. Um, so I like the art. I mean, like the art definitely works for me, especially in this kind of aesthetic. But like I said, it's 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 strangely like the silent book of this guy just taking a bus trip until the very end when it gets crazy, crazy violent. So I don't know if if the book then subsequently becomes super violent some in in future issues or what have you, but. But, um, you know, I'm always down for a Remender book. I mean, I have tremendous faith in him. Um, it's rare that he writes something that I don't really vibe with. Probably the only thing I can think of is the book he did with Bengal recently, which I just didn't really really hitch my wagon to because I'm not a big fan of, like, car chase stuff or car-themed car stories. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure many of you already bought that. We're going to check this out anyway, but A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number on one. Uh, you know, definitely uh, floated my boat. The lead reminds me of Sammo Hung. Yes. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. It's probably almost like um, he could have maybe even used him as a model. But Looks yeah. good. Yeah. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and that uh, scene you were talking about with the husband and wife, that yeah. is nasty business. For sure. All right, everybody. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, well, there's more on the table for you to uh, partake in Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook. We have presences over all of those social media sites. And if you would uh, do us a solid, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. You will see uh, everything. Well, not everything, but a lot of the stuff that's available to the patrons because some of it's hidden depending on your uh, patronage level. And... uh, our patrons are going to reap the rewards of us being at New York Comic Con this year because we are going to deluge them content with content. Uh, we typically do audio recordings to and from the convention. What are you, a bug? Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. See, you didn't catch that. I didn't. You tried to. To and from the convention, we do video and audio at the convention, pictures. Um, we post. Uh, Collections of our halls after the fact. It's just it's a whole bunch of, a whole mess of stuff. So uh, if you want to see what all that's about, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In the meantime, say goodnight. <laughs> you get to see me do this in the flesh. I'm always looking for stuff to make noise. You got anything that makes noise over there? Oh, and I have to say, Jason is a perpetual multitasker. 
he has to be doing something at all times. Oh, for oh, sure. sure. That yeah, just baffles me. I, I would find that exhausting to have to <laughs> feed my brain 24-7. Can't stop, let David. Good night. Here he goes. He's taking up the chronograph. By the way, at New York Comic Con, if you all are there and you want to say hi to us, please do so. Yeah, do us a favor. If, if you're walking by and you hear Dap or, or Jason <clears throat> giggle uh, and you recognize the voice, by all means, please stop us. And come on over, give us a hug, and we'll hug you back, and we'll have a good time. And Dap and I will take you, we'll escort you personally to the long boxes, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll dip in. And we'll be masked up, as will you, but, uh, but yeah, if you recognize the board, it's going to be weird. We're going to be the three really tall, strapping, good-looking, bald guys. I'm not tall, so, though. Well, two and a half. I'm 5'10". David. Cheater. 5'10's slightly Big average. What were you doing on your iPad? I couldn't check. Were you timing shit? Oh, I wasn't timing shit. I'm How do files. I know that, though? There's a clock. What are you doing on there? Just going through my files. Mm. You got a lot of stuff on your iPad. Is that a, a big iPad? Is that a problem? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like to keep anything on the iPad. Wait, what? What's the point of having it's, an iPad? It's it's no. Files. I have it's, it's, I have more than the enough cloud. It's the file section. Oh, I have more than enough space. It's just that I don't like to leave unnecessary files on the iPad. Like yeah. why? Okay. Well, not, no, I'm not trying to leave unnecessary files. I'm going through them so I get rid of shit. You got the Puerno on there? <laughs> no, I just that that's that's what the Chrome Incognito browser is for. I don't need to keep shit on. There. I took Firefox off to. Firefox sucks on the iPad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chrome is way better. Yeah. I mean, as which far is, as my which is usual, weird I because Chrome, I don't use it on the MacBook because I just don't like it. I use Firefox on the MacBook. I don't mind um, Safari on the Chrome, on the MacBook. All right, buddy. Hey, take heed of our pleas to uh, meet up at New York Comic Con. We hope to see you there. If not, well, then we'll be back very shortly with a wrap up. Of the con in detail. Yep. Um, maybe we'll get some creator interviews while we're there. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, maybe you should get a bumper. We, we're going to get lots of bumpers. So many bumpers. Well, bumpers for days. everybody we can get bumpers from. Oh, Claremont's going to be there. We already have him. Oh, God. Yeah, but it's probably going to cost I hope you're reading one of mine. We'll be back. We love you so much. What are you doing? Stephanie Phillips will be there. Get her, get her bumper from her. Nice. Right over Harley, Harley Quinn. Or my Killed the Comics t-shirt yeah i saw that i was i was i was bolstered by the fact that dwj is going to be there we'll definitely get one from felix we're out of here say good night gentlemen that's it for that one